Hey everyone, and welcome to Have Disability Will Travel, a podcast from the Accessible Travel Forum. In this podcast, we journey around the world and talk to people in the accessible travel industry, influencers, nonprofits, travel companies, and people like you and me who don't let our disability get in the way of a great vacation. My name is Josh, and I'm glad you're along for the ride. So grab your passport and let's get going. In this episode, we talk with Melanie Bourdais. Though we are from opposite sides of the globe, Melanie and I share a love of Japan. In fact, we first got in contact because of my other website, Accessible Japan. Melanie has a fantastic website and a great story to tell. But let's go to Melanie and let her tell her in her own words. Hi Melanie, how are you today? Hi Josh, I'm fine and you? I'm great, thanks. So it's sunny but cold here in Tokyo. What's it like where you are? Oh, actually, today is pretty rainy here in Nice. Okay. Now, um, you're in Nice right now, but originally you're from somewhere else. Where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Germany, actually. I was born in a city close to Munich in Bavaria. Okay. So it's a little bit different than where you are now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, this podcast is uh, mostly about disability and travel. And so, first of all, let's uh, talk a little bit about disability. Can you tell us uh, what disability is that you have? Yeah, sure. Um, so, my disability is linked to a genetic and progressive rare disease. Uh, the disease is called limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And to make it short, it's LGMD. And uh, today, there are about 30 different subtypes of LGMD that exist. I have the subtype that's called 2i. It's not a pretty nice name, but (laughs) anyway. And so it's, like I said, a rare disease. That means um, to current data, it's it's said that it would affect one person out of nearly 250,000. So it's really rare. So, um, yeah, muscular dystrophies are muscle-wasting conditions, um, meaning that over time, muscles lose their strength uh, to the extent where they can't function any longer. And when I say muscles, I, of course, mean all muscles, Mm -hmm. including the respiratory muscles and the heart as well. And so, yeah. So for now, for now, there's uh, some research going on in Europe and in the U.S., but there are no treatments available so far. Okay. Now, is it different than other types of muscular dystrophy? Yeah, it's because they are all linked to different um, genetic mutations. And it's, I mean, there are so many different types of neuromuscular and muscle-wasting diseases. Um, yeah. Okay. So how old were you when you were di- diagnosed? Uh, I was diagnosed at the age of four. Okay. And uh, I mean, my mom, she has realized that it was different. I mean, at the age of about one, I would say. And um, it took her over two years and uh, almost never ending journey to find an expert mm. who found out what was wrong with me. Mm. So um, my LGMD diagnosis came up quite soon. It was in the early 90s, 
Um, but the specification for the Type 2i that I mentioned earlier, it was only established about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, shortly after the gene, the causing gene had been discovered. Okay. So at first, then you weren't in a wheelchair. You're in a wheelchair now then, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you weren't in a wheelchair for a long time or when were you in a, using a wheelchair? I mean, um, it's a bit complicated because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got my very first wheelchair at the age of six already. Okay. Um, but uh, this chair, it was there only, I used it only when we, uh, when we went outdoors or for long distances, uh, because I really couldn't cope with that. I was a pretty weak child. Right. And, um, you know, in my mind, I was kind of a joyful and very energetic child, but my body didn't follow properly. Mm. So, yeah. But I have to say that um, during my childhood and during the teenage years, I really hated to use the wheelchair. Oh, okay. I didn't like to use it at all. I mean, I... I didn't have a choice because right. I, I mean, I could walk for, let's say, 500 meters. And then I was so, so fatigued mm. that I really needed it to to sit down and to to take a rest. Right. And yeah, so now you're in an electric wheelchair, a power wheelchair. Exactly. Since 2014, that's when I completely lost the ability to walk. Okay. And um, also um, before that, I... Uh, I fell so often and I mean, I, I hurt all kinds of bones oh, no. and um, yeah, and since 2014, I, I use the wheelchair from when I get up until I go back to bed right. the whole day. Okay. But I have actually two types of wheelchairs. Right. Um, I have the power wheelchair. It's from a brand called Permobile. Okay. Yeah. Um, and when I travel, I use a manual wheelchair. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, this means that I then need constant help because I can't push myself. Right. Yeah. Do you travel by yourself or with somebody? No, I can't because I'm I'm a fully dependent person. That means I always travel with my husband okay. and sometimes also with my brother. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, links into the next question. Um, okay. So, you're originally from Germany. But uh, you said you're in France now. Uh, does that have something to do with your traveling partner? Yes, that's right. Uh, I uh, moved together with my now husband. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, he was my boyfriend. Okay. And I decided to leave Germany behind yeah. and to come to the south of France. Okay, great. Okay, um, now, sorry, going back to the wheelchair thing, I think that has something to do with your nickname. Now, you don't often go by Melanie uh, online. You have another nickname, and uh, can you tell everybody what that is? Yeah, exactly. So, but in fact, a Little Miss Turtle is not a real nickname. Oh, okay. Um, but in 2014, when I started traveling really, I mean, more extensively, uh, I thought about sharing my experiences as a wheelchair traveler online. Right. And I had to find a, a name for my blog. Okay. And um, I, I really like the analogy with the turtles because I moved or I moved very slowly and I walked very slowly so I kind of like the the <laughs> turtle way of life and that <laughs> that I don't know that's how I found the nickname little Miss turtle I think it's a really cute name it is it's really and, good I mean turtles when you put them 
somewhere, then they also explore whatever is around mm. them and they are quite curious. Yeah, just like me. <laughs> sounds like a perfect nickname. Okay. <laughs> um, so now the, the podcast is also about travel, but before we go on to your travels all over the world, um, just a little bit about maybe your two countries, so for Germany and France. Um, how do you find them for accessibility? Uh, so I think I'll start with France. Um, in my perspective, it seems that France is a bit ahead of Germany in terms of accessibility. Okay. Um, at the very least in terms of mentality and uh, legislation also. Oh. Um, for example, in 2015, uh, no, in 2010, the French government, they voted a law um, that stipulated that all public spaces, buildings, stores, shops, cinemas, administrations, and so on, they had to become fully accessible for everyone. Um, but I mean, unfortunately, there are still, uh, years later, there are still many places um, where this uh, isn't true yet. Right. But um, yeah, they, I think the, the, in terms of general public accessibility, there are some French cities that really stand out. Um, these are cities like uh, Lyon, Nantes, Toulouse, or Bordeaux. And also Nice and Cannes, that's where I live, mm -hmm. they are really good in terms of accessibility. Oh, okay. And I even think that Paris is uh, overall okay in terms of accessibility. I mean, of course, you can't use the metro. Mm -hmm. uh, now there's only one metro line that is accessible for wheelchair users, but the rest isn't. I mean, it's an old system. It's a bit like in New York. It's, right. I mean, it's pretty complex, the situation. Yeah. But in Paris, you have lots of wheelchair accessible taxis. You, you can use the buses. All buses are equipped with ramps. Okay. So there are always possibilities to travel. Okay. And... But one thing I'd like to say is that I prefer Paris in a power wheelchair oh. because it's easier to get around. I mean, it's a huge city mm. and sometimes there is some cobblestone and right. you know what it is, how it feels like to go Very over cobblestone yeah. in a power chair. So. Okay. And how about Germany? Um, I have to say that... Um, Paradoxically, I'm not really qualified to answer this question because I didn't travel much in Germany. Okay. I've been to some cities, but I, I really, I really can't say much about them. Okay. I mean, Munich is pretty accessible. Also, the public transport system and everything. Right. I like Berlin also, mm. but for the other cities, I, I can't really. I, okay. I can't answer that. So yeah, I know exactly what I mean. I, I've, I mean, I yeah. know a lot about Japan. But yeah. If you ask me about Canada, <laughs> I, I don't really know. I only maybe know yeah. the places near my home. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what I experienced, I mean, the mentality is different in in France than in Germany. Oh. I think the French they are more open minded and they they are more open to people with disabilities in general. Right. Okay. I think yeah. Well, I've always wanted to go to France, so that's very interesting <laughs> to hear. Okay, so uh, well, speaking of travel again, um, did you travel a lot as a, a family when you were younger? Yeah, my parents, they they had a camper van, and they still have a camper van. Okay. And so we spent uh, ho our holidays generally in Italy, 
Um, we stayed on different campgrounds and stuff. Uh, but we also went to cities like Amsterdam. And once we even were in Paris when I was young. Uh, but at that time, I couldn't speak one word in French. So, yeah, I don't have... I, I don't remember much from that trip, but we always traveled. So okay, um, <laughs> you said uh, you went on your first trip to uh, by yourself. I think it was to Spain. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes, um, that's I when I was that's when I was seventeen. Um, I uh, my friend and me we decided uh, to go to or to fly to Barcelona uh, to celebrate our summer holidays. And I have to say that uh, this, this also was my first flight ever. Okay. And I remember that we had a heavy turbulence. And oh, no. I was super terrified. <laughs> uh, so terrified that I actually grabbed the hand of my neighbor sitting next to me. Is it somebody you didn't know? No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> it, it was a, a man in, I, let's say, his 50s. But he was super nice. And he mm. calmed both of us down. So. Oh. Yeah, and I have to say, um, beforehand, before the trip, I had really no clue about the accessibility. Okay. I didn't know that the accessibility service um, in the airports and all this existed. And the, the our trip was entirely organized by an agency, travel okay. agency. What and year was this? In, yeah, I was 17... I think it was in 2004. Okay. 2004. So 2004. There probably, there probably wasn't a lot of information on the internet about exactly. accessible travel, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, our travel agent, uh, she really did everything she could to make sure that we had a, an accessible room, mm -hmm. that we had transportation and everything. But I don't know. My friend, she really had to carry out my wheelchair. Pretty often, because oh. <laughs> the metro wasn't even as as accessible as it is today. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I've heard it's pretty good now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now it is. It is one of the most accessible cities in Europe. Oh wow! Okay, it's always exciting to see the changes happen. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it's good. It's yeah, but, another reason to go visit, right? Yeah. Okay, so when you are um, getting ready for your trips, um, what's the biggest challenge for you? Or when uh, you're on the trip I, itself? Yeah, I think um, the number one issue is traveling by plane. Mm. Uh, and you'd think that today in 2019, with all the modern technology and progress, um, that airlines should be able to guarantee uh, proper handling of our wheelchairs. And that they will return the wheelchair uh, in the exact same condition as when you left it in their responsibility. Uh -huh. But I really think that the reality looks much different. Okay. Um, and I think the random service quality is not only very frustrating, uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's terrible if you find your wheelchair broken mm. and you can't use it anymore. It's like, uh, if, it's like breaking people's legs yeah. in a way. I'm guessing this has um, happened to you? Exactly. That's oh, what happened okay. to me. Uh, in 2017, on a flight back from Cape Town, okay. um, my, I found my wheelchair actually at the baggage claim because they didn't, they didn't give me the wheelchair um, at the airplane door, which was already not okay. Mm. I mean, it's my right to get yeah. it back normally. Right. Um, 
And so I found it uh, at the baggage claim and the frame, the whole frame structure was broken. Oh. You couldn't even, you couldn't even unfold the chair oh. anymore. Yeah. And um, my husband, he had to carry me on his back to the taxi that took, brought us home. Oh, no. Uh, but what was really the most annoying part in all this mm-hmm. was the fact that it took the airline many emails, phone calls, and over six months before they paid for a new wheelchair. Oh, dear. And I, uh, it took me some nerves. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. takes out all of the joy of the, the vacation you had. Exactly, yeah. Memory. Yeah, oh, dear, yeah. I'm sorry. And also, I mean, I during this these six months of waiting for my new wheelchair, I had to use a rental wheelchair. Right. And, I mean, you can guess a rental wheelchair doesn't fit your body at all, and it was more than, more than uncomfortable. Mm, oh, dear, that's horrible. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so that's the, the the biggest challenge you find then when exactly. you're traveling. Okay. And I mean, there are so many other wheelchair travelers who face the exact same problem. Yeah, for sure. It's something that yeah, you'd think there'd be much more guaranteed, and it's such a important exactly. part. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, have you had any experiences when you've traveled somewhere that uh, you thought would be accessible that were not very accessible? I haven't really come across truly bad experiences. Um, I just had a couple of cancelled flights, oh, okay. but I mean that's not too bad. Right. It okay. was yeah. So the biggest thing is the the wheelchair worries. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so maybe you can tell us about some of your the favorite places and the best places you've visited. Um, yes. What, what are your top three places that you enjoyed the most? Um, Banff National Park in Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cape Town in South Africa. Okay, except and for the wheelchair of course, park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and of course, Japan. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we'll get back to that in a minute. But um, yeah. what, what did you like about Banff? Um, I liked that it was pretty accessible, way more than I thought that it okay. would be. And um, I remember we went um, on the top of Salfa Mountain. Okay. And um, there is a huge accessible terrace on top of the mountain overlooking the whole valley of Banff. And it was just, it was incredibly beautiful up there. Okay. And it was peaceful and I don't know, I'm a nature lover, so uh, I was in paradise. Oh, great. (laughs) Okay, what about um, South Africa? Um, About Cape Town, I like uh, the landscapes. Okay. It reminds me of California, but still it's different. What I like about Cape Town is that you have everything in a city. I mean, you have the Table Mountain, you have um, the, the, the mountain chains, uh, you have beaches. Um, there are even some accessible beaches, actually. Okay. Um, you have um, the Cape Point, the Cape of Good Hope. Right. Um, and everything can be reached in, in a short drive. Right. So, okay. Yeah, that's what I like about it. Everything is very centralized and easy to get to. Okay. So you like Banff because of the nature, and you like also Cape Town. You said everything's convenient to get to, but everything you mentioned was nature. Yeah. So that brings to the next question is, so in Japan, what is it that you like in Tokyo? <laughs> there's no nature here. Uh, no, there's no nature here. 
Um, but for me, uh, Tokyo is just, it's an outstanding city for me. Mm. Um, I think the general accessibility is one of the best worldwide. Um, and Japan in general, I think, is really one of the most reliable countries in terms of accessibility that I've ever experienced so far. Okay. Um, and I also like that Japan is kind of a very complex and contrasted and often paradoxical culture. Mm. Um, for me, it's uh, at the same time fascinating and fascinating and intriguing. And I, uh, it, it, it's really fascinating to see um, with how much uh, subtlety and refinement, mm -hmm. as well as delicacy, the mm. Japanese always try to achieve perfection in a way. Right. I mean, every service works. E every elevator works. Um, the wheelchair assistance service, when you take trains, is, I mean, it's impressive. It's yeah. really impressive, yeah. They are so polite, so respectful. But at the same time, they can be true warriors, I think. Mm. Yeah. And did that surprise you, your first time coming? Did you expect that it would not be very accessible, or did you, did you think about it? Mm, I, I read beforehand that it is accessible in general, okay. but I really, I didn't expect to, to have the feeling to be on a different planet, you know? Okay. When you come to Tokyo for the first time, then it's, oh, you're kind of overwhelmed by everything what you see. Right, okay. It's a mix of tradition, modern, modernity, um, technology. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, wow. <laughs> it's mind-blowing in a way. So, and I, it, it took me some time to process all this also. Okay. I mean, yeah. How, how many times have you come to Japan? Seven times so far. Se seven times? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's much more than I thought. Um, okay. Um, when was the first time you came? Uh, in 2013. 2013. In summer, yeah, in August, it was it was unbelievably hot and humid. So you've been coming back pretty much once a year, then. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. And um, where, you've been, I assume, outside of Tokyo as well. What other places have you yes. been to in Japan? Um, actually, the first time that I was outside of Tokyo was only last year. Oh. Okay. Um, we yeah we bought a Japan Rail Pass and we we crossed the country in a way right. uh, we went to Nagoya we went to Osaka we went to uh, uh, Hiroshima Miyajima uh, Fukuoka mm -hmm. and then we went down to Kagoshima too Okay. and it was so beautiful the whole trip was so beautiful oh, and wow. I know already that I will go back to explore Kyushu a little bit more oh, okay Yes, what I is really it you like about um, I think people, are, mm, they smile a lot more and oh, they okay. are a bit more easygoing. Right. And also the climate is, is I mean, it's more, it's right. mild, it's moderate. Right. Yeah. Okay. And you, I think I saw on your blog as well that you went to Okinawa? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That was last December. Last December. So yeah. you went directly from Tokyo to Okinawa, or yes, exactly. Okay, how did you like that? Did it feel like different than Japan? Mm, no, not really. Not no. really different. No, 
only the climate felt very different. Right. It was super hot. Um, but I mean, it still was, I had the same Japan feeling right. that I have all the time. Okay. Um, but I think um, Okinawa isn't a place that I would go back to because there's not too much to see. I mean, yeah. we spent, I think, one week and we saw oh. really a lot. So yeah, it's it's perfect if you want to go for bathing, sunbathing and stuff like this, a real beach holiday. Right. But there's not too much to see. There are a lot more or better places to discover <laughs> in, in the main island. Okay. Yeah, no, I was actually surprised when I saw that on your blog because a lot of people who come to Japan don't often go to Okinawa. Exactly. So I was, I was kind of interested to in see that. I, yeah, I love Okinawa, but um, yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of things to see other than the beaches. However, what I really, really loved was the Okinawa salty ice cream. Oh, I didn't have any of that. I'll have to try it next time. You should try this. <laughs> okay, I will. Okay, um, just sort of closing up then. Um, where, where's your next trip? Do you have something planned? Yeah, uh, we are heading to Bordeaux uh, next Sunday, actually. Oh, Bordeaux. Yeah, okay. for a week. Bordeaux, yeah. Okay. Wow, okay. That sounds very close. And you're, are you all prepared? Yeah, okay. already. <laughs> okay, um, so that's much closer. But what are your three dream destinations? Are there places you'd love to go someday? Yeah, um, Alaska, New Zealand, and Patagonia. Okay, so all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> and does, that's for the for nature, or is there any other reasons? Or yeah, for nature. I mean, I'm not a, a shopper or a beach addict. I really want to see as much nature as possible. Okay, those are good choices. Then I think. <laughs> okay, do you listen to music a lot when you go traveling, or not so much? Um, to to be honest, I'm not too much into music. Oh, okay. Uh, I prefer to listen to audiobooks. Uh, especially during long flights. Um, right. So your travel music playlist won't grow with me. Oh, okay. Well, do you have any books that you recommend? Oh, I love Greg Isles and John, Josh Grisham. And uh, no, sorry, John Grisham. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and do you listen, what language do you listen to? Because you speak so many different languages. Yes. Um, so in my, in my daily life, no, sorry, for the audiobooks, it's yeah. always in English. Oh, it's always English. Okay, so that's why yeah. you're so good at English then. Yeah, but I studied English also okay. for a very long time. So <laughs> he's very, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, finally, then, um, just, you know, how can people get in touch with you? You have a, a great uh, website and uh, you're also very active on social media. Can you tell everybody what yeah. your website is and uh, your social media accounts? Yeah, so uh, you can follow Little Miss Turtle on littlemissturtle.com. Okay. Um, you can subscribe to the newsletter. You can follow on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Miss Turtle blog. And on Twitter, it's at Miss Turtle underscore blog. All right. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. And uh, maybe we'll see you in Japan sometime soon. Yeah, thank you very if, much, Josh. If you're not in Alaska or New Zealand or Patagonia. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you you take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. I had a great time talking with Melanie, and I hope that you enjoyed listening. I encourage you to check out Melanie's website, www.littlemissturtle.com. 
That's www.littlemissturtle.com. And follow her on social media. Links will be in the show notes. I want to invite you to join us on the Accessible Travel Forum, www.accessibletravelforum.com. The more users we have, the more useful the site will become. Be sure to ask us questions and share your knowledge. You can also follow us on Twitter with the handle at AccessibleTF. That's at AccessibleTF. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it with friends. Do you have someone who might be interested in being interviewed? Do you want to be interviewed? If so, then please contact us at podcast at AccessibleTravelForum.com. That's podcast at AccessibleTravelForum.com. Keep enjoying your travels. Hopefully we'll bump into each other somewhere along the way. Until next time, I'm Josh, and this is Have Disability, Will Travel. <laughs>